everybody, Terry Berger here with the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. I want to give a big shout out to my friend Bill Allen for letting me sub the last couple of weeks. And today we finish up a three-part series on hiring with real people in our mastermind group that are hiring. We even have one guy who's working a 50-hour-a-week job, wholesaling three hours away and trying to hire two people. If that guy can do it, anyone can do it. Uh, also have some folks hiring people and talking about their systems and processes and weaknesses and struggles and all the good stuff about hiring. Um, and we just kind of peeled back and you heard me talk the first two weeks about these processes that you can use. Well, this is real stuff that's happening in our group right now. These people just put a call out, hey, who's hiring? And ask them to come on board. I don't even know what they're going to say. So dive in, sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast, and we'll see you at the end. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity, and that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. So today, everybody, I have Eli Lopez, Jonathan Flores, and Jansen McClendon, all members of the Seven Figure Flipping Mastermind Groups. And uh, thanks for coming on today, you guys. I really appreciate it. Um, this is the third part in a three-part series on hiring that we've done on the podcast. And um, I'm just curious, you were all in Cancun. You all had hiring as your needs. What uh, what what positions were you hiring for, um, Jansen? Jansen, let's start with you first. What positions were you hiring for? Yeah, so we're hiring for uh, disk positions, transaction coordinator, uh, and lead manager. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You felt, how did, are you still hiring for those three positions? So we've got a transaction coordinator, and we're still still hiring for the other two. Okay, sounds good. Jonathan, how about you? Oh, you're muted there, bud. We're looking for an acquisitions rep, uh, a lead intake, and then somebody to do um, kind of like administrative stuff, uh, mark, uh, pulling niche lists, uh, kind of just admin stuff, stuff that takes a lot of time. And so like a VA type of person, maybe. Okay, great. How about you, Eli? Currently, we're, we're looking to hire an acquisitions manager. I have a lead intake, so looking to get the acquisitions filled. Okay. So I hear everybody's got multiple hires. Um, Jansen, Jonathan, Eli, are you all doing the hiring yourself, or do you have somebody doing that for you? We're, so, I'm doing it I've got ourselves. Some. Sorry. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Jonathan. Yeah, we're doing it ourselves. I put some jobs, some job ads up on Wisehire. And uh, so that's been sort of, because uh, we've gotten a lot of people applying, but a lot of people don't either, either don't do the disc or are not qualified. And I've done a few interviews and, um, but it, it's pretty time consuming when you're doing a full-time job and, and you're running your business at the same time. And like to make that time for the interviews, it's a little tough, but but we're you know doing what I can. Okay, Jansen, how about you? Is it all on you? 
So I'm doing the actual hiring, but I've got somebody um, that's doing like the first two tiers of interviews for us right now. Um, so yeah, we've done that before. It's actually a former business partner of mine, but um, yeah, so he kind of knows um, how we do things and he's taking some of that off my plate right now. Uh, but I'm doing the third and final interview and making the final call. Okay. Great. How about you, Eli? I'm doing my own um, hiring. So, okay. So, um, Jansen, let me kind of dig into what you've got going on for a second. You've got somebody that's that's doing those interviews for you. What, what, what techniques are you using in your interviews? Are they like screening interviews? Tell us about that. What what you're having this other person do? Yeah. So essentially, it's screening interviews, right? So. Um, Two phone interviews is how we've typically done tiers one and two. Uh, and then we'll do a third and final in-person interview. And that's the one that I do. And so the idea is um, really just to keep a lot of the, uh, the time consuming stuff off of me. Um, and so, so yeah, he's just handling some of that upfront stuff. We actually, um, we're looking to hire someone um, full-time to do that, but we just haven't found the right person yet and how do you go about like how do how, how do you know when it's time to get to the next level when it's time to get to you so we basically i mean we don't have anything complex but we've just got like a series of questions we ask um and then we we rank them um you know we give them like a score like a one through five you know how how they answer the question we give them a one through five and so um, we try, like, if, if they've got, like, a certain score um, and they, you know, meet the requirements of uh, experience uh, along with personality, we use the DISC, um, then we'll move them on to Tier 2. Um, and then Tier 2, we dig in more to experience uh, why they left previous jobs, um, you know, different things like that. Uh, if we had any question marks from the first year, we'll dig in deeper on that stuff. Um, and then, you know, hopefully eventually get them to tier three. How long does uh, the tier one interview take typically? Um, the interview itself, um, about 30 minutes. Okay. And, and tier two? Um, it could go a little longer, maybe 45 and then the third tier, um, we set aside an hour. Um, we've had them be done like pretty quickly. Uh, I'm sure you have to. And, uh, but you know, the good ones might go an hour and a half. Yeah, I found the same thing. Jonathan, how about you? You said you're doing all the hiring yourself. Right, uh, so we, we're doing two phone pre-screens. I'm doing it myself, right? Um, and then a final interview. We haven't gone to like, we haven't even gotten to the second interview yet. We haven't had somebody that was qualified like enough to do the second one. Uh, but so the, they submit their application and they have to complete their disc. If they don't complete the disc, we don't consider them because uh, it just shows that they're not, you know, really interested. Um, then we have them set up a call with me uh, on Calendly and then you know, we do the the the, the first pre-screen interview, and it's like a 
you, they probably run like 15 minutes, both of them that I've done. So, I mean, not too long. And I'm, I'm, I have a, a, a script that I go by, you know, kind of asking them some questions, um, their experience and stuff like that. And it's really like based on how they sound. This one's for lead intake, the interviews that I've done, and it's just how they sound, right? Like, do they sound good on the phone? Um, you know, that, that's the big one. And, uh, you know, what are their goals and stuff like that? The, the typical questions, I guess you would ask. Yep. And you're using, uh, um, like Jansen, you're using um, the disc profile as your primary filter for personality type or profile? Yes, sir. Okay. Jonathan, you're using disc as well? Yes. <clears throat> yes. Okay. Great. All right, Eli, how about you? Are you the one doing all your interviewing? I am. Um, the, the ones that I have done have been a little more, a little uh, less formal, but um, there were people I met at the RIA and just basically got on the phone with them and, you know, chatted, you know, about what they were looking to do and see if they were a good fit. But this time around, I'm starting to use a wise hire and do the dis personality stuff. So I'm looking to do things a little more formal this time around. Sounds good. Um, have you used wire wise hire a lot yet? Have you started that? No, I just, I just started on that. I had used indeed before, but never really did much with it. Okay. Um, what about who's using wise hire? <clears throat> Jonathan. I'm using it. Yeah, we I'm all are. Okay, great. So what do you, what do you guys like about wise hire, um, versus indeed for the people out there that are looking to use some sort of system? Yeah, so WiseHire's got the built-in disk, and so um, so that works pretty well for us. Um, you know, a lot of folks use uh, the predictive index or the culture index. Um, obviously, those are nice tools, but they're pricey. So um, disk is built in, um, and then, you know, we can also pay to boost the ads, um, you know, and attract more candidates. So, uh, so I like that feature. Um, but probably the, the biggest thing for me is, is the disc. Uh, I know it. Um, I trust it enough um, that we can rely on it. And so uh, that's been a pretty helpful tool, tool for us. And, you know, with it being just built in, it'll send reminders or you can even, you know, help remind the folks yourself, uh, you know, just with a click of a button. That's, that's pretty nice. Jonathan, you have anything to add to that on Wise Hire? Yeah. So what I like, like I like, um, those features as well but i also like that you can do templates and you know so if you're hiring yourself um you don't want to take all the time to you know write type up an email that you know that for them to send you a schedule a call or whatever so you can do templates i have several templates um and you just send them out to the people that are qualified and you know that's it's it makes it faster for someone who's hiring um themselves to to just send those templates out and, and you don't have to write them up. And um, I think that's a great feature. Yeah, I like that too. I, I also like the, um, when I use Wise Hire and it's been a year or so ago, I like um, the fact that you can like drag somebody over, right, on, into a different category and you can create custom categories. Is that still the case? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it, indeed, you don't really get those tools. Indeed, you can you can rank them as like, I've reviewed them, I'm contacting them, I've inter interviewing them. But like, if you wanna like have a save for later, for example, in WiseHire, you can do that. Um, the other cool thing about WiseHire that I, I used to like is when you're done with it, when you're done hiring, you can shut it off 
you know, it's kind of a month to month and you can shut it off and they save all your data. So when you hire again, you just fire it right back up like you did before, which is kind of nice. You know, they don't, is it still that way? Yeah. I believe so. yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Wi-Fi posts on Indeed anyway. So you're, you're still getting a lot of the same candidates. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So I think the tools you're paying for, they probably do distribute distribute it out to a bunch of different platforms past Indeed, but you're also getting um, you're getting those organizational skills that I think Indeed pretty much you know they they lack, but but it's free. So, all right, what's your biggest what's your biggest pain point with hiring right now? So I'll go. Um, we're we're struggling at, in this market to find enough candidates. Uh, we we've dealt with that uh in the past as far as finding quality candidates that's, that's always a little bit of an issue right but it seems to be a little bit more challenging in this market especially for the lower paying jobs um like lead manager um we've, we've been struggling to find folks that that really fit um that excite us you know about like hey we want this person to join our team so um so that's that's been a challenge for us is just finding folks yeah, for us, uh, I mean, for myself, it was really like, I was very intimidated by the hiring process and the interviews and all that type of stuff. But after doing it, it's actually, it's not too bad, right? Like I haven't hired anybody yet, but I think that if the right person comes along and we go through the interview process, it'll go well enough to hire them. I'm not too worried about it anymore. Um, it's just, a, I think for me, it's like the time, like, I don't have enough time to mm. like schedule because uh, when I do the calendar, it's only like two days because uh, one of my days off because I work a full time job. So, mm. you know, to schedule them to call me and stuff. So that's kind of a pain. And then for uh, like I've had a lot of people apply in my market Well, a lot of people for me. Right. It's like 35 or 40 people. So taking the time to screen them and look at their, you know, uh, resumes and all that stuff. You know, I really have to set the time aside to sit down and take the time to look through them. And so that, that's kind of a struggle for me. Eli, how about you? What's your biggest pain point? Well, it seems like just the kind of like what Jensen said, the not enough qualified candidates. So I've, this last job ad I've had running for about two weeks and I've only had six people apply and none of them or one person just did the disc and the rest didn't. So. Uh, just gonna you know, start reaching out to them and and you know trying to get them to at least to do, go to the next part and do the disc. But that's been the struggle, I guess. It's just finding enough candidates for the job. So what's interesting for me is we are hiring for a lead intake person as well. Now we're completely virtual. Everybody's work from home in our world, so I don't know if this will work for everybody. Um, um, but but I added my. It was kind of like the way I the way I worded it was appointment setter slash relationship manager, and I I've tried to create a little bit more interest in my job topics now and indeed they'll actually go in and change it on you because they're saying you'll get more candidates, but then I go mm -hmm. back and I always change it back because I'm trying to not make it look all the same as everybody else's right we want to we want to stand out um, especially for small mom and pop businesses, house flipping businesses like us, we got to stand out against the crowd. Um, I put work from home in my title because we're virtual. 
even though I only advertised in um, the three markets that we're in. So for us, the lead intake person had to be in one of our three markets. And, um, but I, what I found was even with work from home in the title, people are searching on Indeed for work from home. They just put it in there, work from home, and all these jobs pop up. So while we were getting more and more people outside of our market area, we were still getting more people inside of our market area. So the, my problem was, my big hiring pain point is time, probably just like you guys, and then people not showing up for interviews. Are you guys experiencing that? Yep. I had um, I had scheduled some phone pre pre interviews and they they didn't show up as well. So what what percentage of people do you think are showing up on your interviews? Probably eighty percent, ninety percent, maybe for us. Um, okay. But yeah, we have had some some no shows, and we had a girl uh, to the third tier um, last week, and she no showed for that. Um, and then said that she she took another job, which you know it is what it is. But yeah, yeah, we I would say it's probably it feels like fifty percent, but maybe it is more like seventy eighty percent of the people are showing up and twenty percent aren't. Um, I've started text so I think for people I picked this up from Becca because I was getting really frustrated, and Becca was noticing this inside the seven figure flipping mastermind group they were hiring. And she's like, we're getting a bunch of no-shows and I would get upset, you know, that they were not showing up. But then she said, I'm going to start asking them a question. So I started texting them. If they're 10 minutes late for their interview, I basically text them and say, gosh, we were really excited to talk to you. We must have done something terribly wrong. Please let us know what we did wrong so we can fix it next time. Kind of, in, you know, almost like that, um, like a sales presentation, you know. And, uh, and so that worked really well at getting some sort of response back usually an apology that they missed the interview right and um but sometimes it would be like you know well i kind of looked at it or they would give me some objection why they didn't come on the interview and it might have been an objection about our company and so i think as if we're hiring we want to solicit that kind of feedback from people that aren't showing up you know some of them aren't showing up they're not worth hiring anyway but some of them might might have seen something or researched something on your company and say, well, I saw this really bad Better Business Bureau review. And I'm like, well, did you see the 45 good ones, you know, or did you just focus on the one bad one? Or they'll throw some other objection back at me that I can try to counter, particularly if they've got the right profile. I think that's the key, right? If you're looking for a certain profile and disc, maybe reaching out. I'm not saying you do it all the time, but for me, instead of getting mad, I was, it allowed me to hopefully pick up something and learn something that maybe we, we might've been doing wrong. Um, do you have any, any of you guys like have any videos that you put in your job description or ad or anything like that? No. no. So how about you, Eli? We just started that. I no. had um, a friend of mine, my brother-in-law does some video production and I took all of our employees and we asked them the same number of questions. And um, you all saw the the video that um, that Seven Figure Flipping had when they were hiring, right? We showed that at Cancun. So I just had my brother-in-law kind of do a rip off of that. And people are talking, our employees are talking about our company on their Zoom, just like this. And, uh, and we just kind of hacked it together, put, I mean, edited it together, put some uh, music behind it, a little bit of B-roll that he, I think he bought off the internet somewhere. 
And, um, and then we just, we started putting that out there to help give some credibility to our company. And that didn't, it took just a few hours, but I'm just thinking of ways that we can set ourselves apart, you know? Yeah. Um, what's, the, what's the hardest hire, do you think, right now? I think it's, it's, it's always acquisitions, right? Like um, in any market, I think acquisitions is going to be the toughest hire uh, just because it's the, it's the most crucial position in my opinion um, in the company. So making sure you've got the right acquisitions person um, and, you know, an acquisitions person is naturally a salesperson, right? So uh, you do have to um, push a little bit harder in the interview. I think you've got to ask a little bit tougher questions um, because we've, we've made a lot of bad hires in that position um, and, and, we didn't know until we got the folks in there, of course. Um, so I, I think that's the toughest and probably second place is, is project manager. Um, that's that's a, a real close second, I think. What do you think, Jansen, you did to fix, you know, what have you learned in all the, maybe the failure hires, right, that you've brought in and acquisitions? What, what are the big takeaways that you're like, oh, next time we're not gonna, that this, we're gonna change it next time. I think, you know, values are important in, in any hire, but I think it's especially in acquisitions. Um, we've got to make sure it's a person with, with real character, with real integrity, um, that really values the things that we value. Um, caring is one of our core values. Uh, we care about other people. And so, uh, like we, we actually do that. Right. And so we, we, uh, grill hard, um, and the, uh, in the interview to make sure that this is truly a caring person um, because uh, they're going to be in a position. I think it's a, you know, a great responsibility of ours. Um, we're going to be in positions with folks who are in very difficult situations, you know, and uh, a lot of folks are out to, to take advantage of those people. We're not, um, we want to make sure it's somebody who's there to help find a win-win for the company and for the seller. And so, um, Caring, I think, is, is huge with acquisition. So we really dig into values there. We set up scenarios. Uh, hey, you know, you're in this, you're in this position, right, with, with little Miss Jones who, uh, you know, who's in a desperate situation. And, um, you know, how do you handle that? You know, walk us through that. And um, that's, been, that's been big for us because the, the bad hires that we've had uh, in acquisitions have been uh, mainly like people with significant character flaws, I think. That's really, really good. It's, and I think what's hard about hiring for acquisitions, it's not like there's a hundred thousand of those people out there, you know, that are going to, you could, that are looking for jobs like ours, right? I mean, we're probably trying to pull people in from some other part of sales as of, you know, it's great if you find somebody with that kind of experience, but it's, it's really rare. Jonathan, how about you? What's your what's your biggest problem hire? Um, well, we've never hired anybody yet, so it's mm -hmm. kind of hard to say. Um, but I think uh, I think it would be acquisitions because you know you they're you know carrying the business in a way, right? Getting contracts and stuff. So uh, hiring the right person for that position, uh, I think, is cri critical. And 
And we actually have a good candidate right now, uh, it's, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think we should. Well, it's a friend of my wife's, right? Uh, but we sent her the application for her to apply and she did the disc test and she's like a very excellent match or something like that. And so she, and it looks like it would be a good fit for our, for our company. Um, so we're kind of in the works with that. So we might, you know, try her out and, and see how she fits in with our business. So, so when you say, when you say try her out, what is, what does that mean to you? So, you know, she, she has, uh, her daughters, uh, she's, uh, has some issues with her daughter and stuff. So, um, she asked like for time off and stuff. So like we're, we're, we said we could be very flexible with her. Um, so if she needs to take her to the doctor and stuff, like we're okay with that. Um, and she also wants to see if she's the right fit with our business as well. So, so I mean, cause it's like almost informal, right? Like it's sort of formal, but not a real, like we didn't go through the whole process of, you know, the pre-screen and then all the interviews and stuff. Um, but my wife has worked with her. She was her manager in a workplace that she used to work together and she was really good sales person and her disc you know does show that that she's an excellent fit for acquisition so um you know so that's kind of why we're saying like we can try it out and see if it works but you know, i don't know if it's the right move or not probably now, not. <laughs> if uh if her disc wasn't a good fit would you still consider her because of the relationship probably not yeah that's yeah. good yeah our man and, and yeah. So, cause initially we were thinking about hiring her for lead intake, um, but she did the disc and it was not good. And then mm -hmm. she, she applied for the, for the other, for acquisitions and it was an excellent, excellent match. And it's kind of, and my wife said, yeah, it makes sense. Right. Cause that's the type of person that she is. So, mm -hmm. you know, there was some validity to it. Yeah. Acquisitions, they gotta be ready to go in for the kill kindly. Right. Like they've, they gotta right. develop that. Like, I love what Jansen said the caring piece about that seller. I mean, we talk about houses after we've built trust, you know, um, and that's key. Eli, what's your biggest need right now in terms of hiring? Like, which are the positions? Acquisitions. I, 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 well, acquisitions, what I'm currently hiring, but I have kind of been thinking about it that maybe acquisitions, uh, maybe it should be more of an admin role and stuff and maybe just to take stuff off my plate and I can still keep doing the acquisitions. But uh, what I'm hiring for now right now is, is acquisitions. So okay. we'll, we'll see as as it, I mean, as, we'll see how it plays out, but that's the position I'm hiring for currently. Now, when I talked to you in Cancun, um, we were having dinner on the beach and it was really beautiful and lovely, right? And you, uh, I think you were going on all of your own acquisitions appointments, right? Yes. And you have a I, tremendously high conversion rate, I think. I'm not um, it's not, no, I think uh, that was, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I can't think of it right now off the top of my head, but I think it might've been uh, somebody else. If you go um, on 10 appointments, I, how many deals are you gonna walk away with typically? I would say, Three, maybe. So that's a tremendously high uh, conversion rate. 30% is awesome, man. Yeah. I would well, say I, somewhere. Jonathan somewhere will hire you. Jansen will hire you right now on the spot. Sold. But uh, I would say it's somewhere around, around there. But 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like to go on appointments, but I'm not a natural salesperson. So I think somebody that could do, you know, that is a sales guy could probably do a better job than, than I can and get more deals. Um, I just try to go and listen to people. And, but I'm afraid also, like Jensen was talking about, I'm kind of afraid that, that the, the person you're going to hire is not going to do the same thing and not going to care and not going to listen and make sure it's a win-win for both parties. But just just have to test it out, try it out. Yeah, there was a guy in the group um, years ago. He couldn't give up acquisitions. He was out in like Facebook country, um, out in that part of California where, you know, you buy a house for a million dollars and you put 200 into it and you sell it for 2.2 million, you know, something like those are crazy numbers. I realize, but I'm being a little sarcastic on it, but it, it, it was hard because he finally just realized, Hey, I'm the velvet hammer. Like I can lock up these deals. I've tried to bring in acquisitions people and they, they can't do what I do. And, um, and I think, you know, if, if you still like going on the appointments then, and you still like that role, don't replace yourself out of it because somebody else is doing it or the group's telling you to do it. Right. It's one of those things that, you know, I, I gotten to know Eli, I don't know, Jonathan and Jansen, you've spent a lot of time with Eli, but he's got this velvet hammer kind of approach, right? He listens. You, he's not intimidating. He's not going to try to talk over you. He's just there to listen. And to me, that is the biggest the biggest asset of an acquisitions person is the ability to listen. No doubt. Yeah. Um, are you all reading any books or using any techniques um, to, to kind of hone your hiring skills? No, I'm familiar with who, but haven't read it yet. Um, I think I read it on Blinkist, but uh, <laughs> the short the short version. Yeah. But. Jonathan, how about actually, you? No, I, I haven't actually. Um, okay. I, I did see, uh, well, I know you recommend that book, but I, I never bought it, listened yeah. to it, but I should. I'm here, it's on my to-do. I purchased it, I just need to start listening to it. <clears throat> yeah, well, I didn't start listening to it until I hired a project manager that cost us over $200,000. So. Um, that's that's when I start reading books is when the hire costs me a lot of money. Um, yeah. But I mean, I think you guys are on the, the right track. I think referrals are big, right? I mean, it sounds like to me, some of you are looking for referrals in your network. Um, Eli, you said you met a few people from your local RIA group. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. The, the last two hires were from my local RIA. People I met and reached out to them later on. And did you do any other screening with them, disc profiles or anything like that? I did not. Um, I currently had my lead intake uh, do do the disc, but I had him. I had him apply for the acquisitions manager. So it said he was a poor fit, but I don't know how that, that would have been on the. I need to. I need to look at the disc profiles, but I, I don't know how that would have, or how that does with the lead intake. But yeah, I just recently had them, but I didn't, before that, I didn't have them do it. Okay. And how do those, the hires that you've made, informal hires, how have those worked out? Uh, it was, uh, one was good, the one that's with me right now. And there was another one that, I mean, she was okay, but she just lacked a little, um, I guess, maybe it was, uh, she was 
I mean, I don't want, I don't want to say like she was from another country, but I don't think that was the reason. I think it was more she couldn't connect to people sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, they would, you know, they would just finish saying that, you know, their mom just passed away or somebody just passed away, and then she's like, oh, okay, and how many bedrooms? And she would just continue oh. with the conversation. You know, like I'm like, you need to stop and acknowledge what happened, and you know, like, but, mm-hmm. um, so it, it was a little. I struggled with with her a little bit, okay. but in the end, she she ended up uh, she had a a baby, so she had to take leave and ended up basically leaving on her own terms. Okay, yeah. great, yeah. So fifty percent. So you kind of went the informal route, and you have a fifty percent, you know, kind of at best. So we need to get that up, right? And I think that's what some of these systems like Wise Hire and Disc are designed to do is to get your your on-base percentage a lot higher, you know. John, then how about you? What's, um, you know, you're, you're on the verge. Of, when do you think you'll be making an offer to someone? I want to do it as soon as I can. Um, I don't want to rush it either, but um, I'd say within the next month or two, I should have somebody um, for both positions, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, my market's not local to me right so i have to drive three hours to my market and i'm doing all the acquisitions appointments myself so i work during the week and then on my weekends i go down there and do appointments and then come back and you know it's with the whole family it's you know i don't want to put my kids through that every weekend right like loading them up taking them down there and then coming back so all right so let me get this right just for the audience that's listening you have a full-time job right yes like and what'd you say? 50 hours a week. And then- so more, yeah, more than a full-time job. So 50 hours a week. You are, um, are you flipping or wholesaling? I'm wholesaling for the most wholesaling. part. I, I, I try to buy some, some rent, some buying holds as well, but mostly wholesaling. So wholesaling in a market that's three hours away from you. You're going on all the acquisitions appointments, three hours away on the weekends. Right. Like five to six appointments, try to squeeze as many as I can there. Yeah. But if that's also costing me, right? Cause if I can't get to an appointment during the week, you know, I've lost some deals because, you know, mm-hmm. I have to schedule them out to my days off. So it's just, I need somebody for sure. So for the people listening out there, I mean, it's possible to work a full-time job and get going and be successful in this business three hours away in a virtual market for crying out loud. Um, and be able to hire a couple of people, which is, I'm sure, is stressing your family life, right? And your your time. I mean, how much time do you really have? Yeah, so it's rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So well, we need to get this. We need to get through this. hiring, you know, it'll it'll change everything, the dynamics of the business, right? And, and I won't have to work in the business as much, more on it. And uh, that's ultimately the goal. And and I was struggling with the mindset of. Uh, for a while and it's almost like just recently like in the past couple of days my mind shift my, my mindset shifted and and i'm like like this is a you know we're problem solvers most of us right like we're all problem solvers and, and we have a problem in our business and we, we need to solve it and we're going to solve it by hiring people and uh it's going to free up so much time where we will be able to do so many more you know, so, so many more things that, that need to be done, but aren't getting done right now because we're so busy with taking calls, managing the CRM, dealing with title companies. It's wild. It, it is wild. 
Yeah. Jansen, what are your thoughts? Um, you've already hired the one person, right? Yep. She starts next week. Okay. And how do you, how do you go about bringing her on board now or him? So, yeah, it was, so it's a, she, and so, um, working on that this week, um, kind of what I've learned is, um, in the past, we, we haven't done, um, the best job of onboarding and, um, and how you onboard is really important because, uh, if you try and go and change things down the road, you know, and uh, add add in accountability and, and add in stuff that, you know, you, you weren't clear about up front, um, then you're, you're setting yourself up for some, for some, some pushback, some issues. And so, um, you know, with new hires, I like to spend uh, really about two weeks um, pretty hands-on myself. With a transaction coordinator, it won't be as much, but um, especially, um, with some of the, uh, you know, higher level jobs, two, two full weeks. Um, I spend myself currently onboarding with them, um, pretty much full time. Yep. I agree. I think it's only, it's like 50% hiring 50% onboarding, you know, they came to work for yeah. you because you, you know, they were number one, they were talented enough to get, get to your tier three interview. Right. But then to get offered the job and then because why did they take the job because you were a better fit for them than anybody else and so now i feel like we have uh, through the onboarding process we're like we're affirming the decision that they made right you need to get trained um which means i'm going to be here and be available for you to train you and not just kind of throw you in with the wolves and say good luck figure it out and i think that's the hard part for entrepreneurs like us because we did, we're figured out kind of people, like throw us in with the wolves. We thrive on that, right? Um, we went out, we left our job, we, or we're working a job and we're starting another business. Like that's what we're good at is just, hey, let's, let's go. And, uh, but our, our employees are not like that at all most of the time. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's a great point because uh, that was one of my biggest failures early on is I assumed most people were like me uh, when in fact, you know, the vast majority are not. They need a lot of direction. They need a lot of instruction. Uh, they really want things clear. Uh, they want to know exactly what their responsibilities are. Um, you know, they want to know exactly how to do their job. And they ask a lot of questions. And um, I'm not a guy who does that. And I, I really, uh, I probably still don't have a lot of patience for that, but I'm, I'm getting there. I've got a lot more than I did before. Um, and that's something I've, I've really had to work on. Yeah, same. I'm the same way. I just thought I could drop them in and they just go. Now I just call simply. I'll just reach out to a couple people, key members of my team every single day. What do you need today? And they never need anything, you know, anymore. But it's just knowing that I'm I'm touching base with them. Yeah. It's interesting that you guys mentioned that because I hadn't even like, thought about it yet. Like, I know it's part of the process, but like, I, I feel like I need to hire them first, and then, which isn't the right way to think about it, right? But I guess I've never hired somebody, so I kind of forgot about the onboarding process. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> well, kind of the, yeah, the cool thing is while you're thinking, while you're hiring, right, you can start at least thinking about how to onboard. And the secret to onboarding is you, you just, it's just like everything else, fake it till you make it you can, all you got to do is be one day ahead of them. Um, so, but you know, I, I think 
where we can really save ourselves a lot of time is if Jane's onboarding, he's documenting that onboarding process along the way or writing some notes and say, okay, now I need to make this process seamless. So every time that somebody comes in, they, they get this question answered. We created a, uh, like a, um, a sales boot camp based on somebody in our group, kind of a, and so we put this sales boot camp together with a bunch of videos on how to do stuff. And one of them is an H, uh, one of our uh, folks put an opera, um, an HR onboarding. So it has all of the forms that they would need to fill out, taxes and stuff, who to email it to. And all we do is just send them the link to that particular course, you know, and we don't have to do it anymore. Somebody else just, they just do it automatically. Um, and I think that's the key. You only have to stay one day ahead of them, but build it out while you're onboarding. And then you've got, you've got the next onboard ready to go. And you'll obviously tweak some things and change some things along the way for sure. But don't be afraid to use Loom. It, what, what, what tools do you guys use to train with video? A Loom is one. And um, so we're building uh, in the process of building things out with uh, Trainual right now, which is you know, it's pretty similar. We, we copied a lot of stuff off of your uh, acquisitions boot camp and um, so within Trainual, we do have some documents, but we're doing a lot of like YouTube videos now, um, where I'm talking through, um, certain things myself. Um, and then of course, you know, just like the typical, like Google docs and stuff like that, we're still using. Yep. And we had a, we just hired a sales guy and I asked for feedback. He's the first person to go through our training. I'm like, give me feedback. And then every time he had, so like you, Jensen, I'm, I'm there with, for, with him about an hour every day asking him and then he'll bring things up to me. And I'm like, well, that was in that video. He's like, no, it wasn't. I watched it three times. And I'm like, oh crap. Now I got to go back and redo the video, you know, but it's, it, they, they'll teach you exactly what you need to do to perfect your onboarding process, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So like for the, for the, for the whole hiring process uh my wife she used to be a she's an accountant man she used to be an accountant manager for franchise and she hired a few people for her team and stuff so i feel like she's a lot better at the hiring um part of this whole thing so she's mm -hmm. kind of doing a lot of the well she, i i told her do you want to do the hiring she said no because she wants <laughs> to work on our follow-up systems yeah so she's doing follow-up systems in our business and i'm working on hiring but I feel like she's a better fit for hiring since she's done it before. Um, but I think uh, I'll do okay, I hope. <laughs> well, you can invite her to the final interview, right? I mean, oh, yeah, for sure. I'm going to screen all these people, but I need you and your gifts to come with me on this final interview and help me not make a mistake. Yeah. yeah. And so we record the calls, uh, those those people that I've interviewed, and and I, because we're not always together when I do them, so I, I, she listens to them afterwards, and you know, we kind of, agree on, on whether they're a good fit or not and are you guys do it go ahead oh go ahead jonathan sorry well like for because we're doing lead intake right now interviews and the biggest thing for me is just the way they sound like i just want them to sound i want them to kind of grab your attention and a lot of the people they, they like i almost couldn't even concentrate on the person because they just couldn't catch my attention on one of the the pre-screen calls so that's kind of like, you know, that's how I'm doing, basing it off of. But I like lead intake calls too. I don't want to see their face. I want them on a Zoom call and I want to hear their voice. Yes. And 
you, nice thing about lead intake is you know within five minutes, would I want to be talking to this person on the phone? Yes or no? And uh, if not, I mean, it doesn't matter what their disc profile shows. I mean, unless they've got, they can prove to me that they've killed it, you know, um, their voice is, you know. Yeah, so maybe that's why I've kind of, I've kind of feel like I have a good grasp because I'm doing lead intake and, and it's really a lot of how they speak and the way they sound. Um, so whenever I, I do the, the acquisition, we'll see how that goes, right? Um, yeah. If we don't end up going with my wife's uh, friend. We'll are you all recording your um, interviews on Zoom? Are you doing them virtually? How are you conducting your interviews right now? Well, since it's lead intake, we're just doing a phone, just a phone call. Okay. I think it's two phone calls and then it'll be like a Zoom call or something like that. And I, I, I guess I, I hadn't thought about it, but I'll probably record it. Jansen, how about you? Yeah, no recordings. We're doing first two tiers or phone, and then the third is in person. Okay, Eli, you? Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just starting the, the hiring process, so I need to reach out to them. That's uh, on my the next step of. What do you, What do you think you'll do? Will you do like a Zoom call, or will you do like a phone? Probably a phone, more likely, and then maybe if I like them, so then do the Zoom. Mm -hmm. on the, in the second interview we do all hours of zoom uh, mainly because i want to it's another filter i want to know that they can actually do a zoom meeting um and but i i tell them in the directions i want your video off you, first interview no video whatsoever second interview we'll have video video on and we've we've hired actually i think we've hired two or three people recently just on zoom and uh, no in person just just zoom which has been kind of crazy to hear myself say that, honestly. Yeah. Um, another, do you guys take notes or do you just basically listen to them? Taking notes for sure. Um, stuff to go back and reference, especially in that first interview. Um, notes for like follow-up. Um, we don't prod as much in the first interview, um, but we'll if they make it to round two, we'll dig deeper on things. So I've got somebody, like I said, doing that for me right now. So we're having conversations about, um, you know, different things that have come up, like, um, you know, if we've got question marks as to like authenticity or, you know, truth behind certain statements or just areas that we might want to just dig in more. Um, but yeah, um, notes for the first two. The third, I, I don't do notes in that one. Um, at that point, we feel like this is someone who could get the job and it, I'm really trying to just get a good feel for that individual. Uh, we feel like they've got the qualifications at that point, they could do it. Um, but would they be a good fit, uh, with the culture, with the company? Um, we're not virtual, uh, we're in office and somebody, you know, we're all going to be interacting with on a, on a regular basis. And so that's a, that's a big thing for me. We started bringing in a second person because I was taking a bunch of notes and um, all of a sudden I realized I wasn't watching the person because we do hire on Zoom. And so I've actually started bringing in a second person in the interview just to watch the eye movement, watch the head tilts, watch any, you know, kind of poker tells that would be like, okay, this person might not be telling the whole truth. They do this the same time. Every time they, we think it's a half truth, they do this same kind of 
motion. And I'm like you, Jansen, we, we normally don't do three interviews. Our second interview is about an hour and a half. And, um, but we really drill in during that interview and really try to get them to stumble if we possibly can. You know, I think, I think the more you get them to talk, don't you think that's key? The more they get to talk, the more you're the bartender and the more they're going to disclose all the things that somebody would disclose to a bartender, you know? So how about background checks? Are y'all doing that? We're, we're actually not. Um, that's a good point. Maybe we ought to, maybe we ought to tighten up a little bit on that. Can I, I'll share one with you and that might change your mind. We hired this lady and I thought she was awesome and she got a little squirrely her last two weeks with us and found out that she uh, somehow got the company credit card number and uh, used it to spend about $15,000. She created a fake, um, what is that? What kind of a account is it where you can, oh, they take credit cards. Oh, I can't believe I can't remember. But anyway, she said this fake business that could accept credit cards and then fleeced our credit card. Wow. So, and then what's cool is we sent them an offer letter that's contingent on four things, right? I want to talk to all their bosses, whether they got along with them or, or not, that's on their resume. I mean, if you have the guts to put it on your resume, you should probably be okay with me talking to your boss. The second thing is it's contingent upon us getting a background check on you. And when you say that to them in person, if there's anything in their story, they're going to disclose it right then. We had a lead yeah. uh, intake person that disclosed a bunch of stuff to us as soon as I told her that. And instead of offering her a job, I offered her a 90 day contract to prove herself. And after 90 days, if she proves herself, we'll give her a job, you know? Um, so just make sure you have those kind of contingencies in there as you're hiring, just so you don't make the same mistakes. I, those mistakes always cost me money. So if I can keep someone else from having those problems. Yeah. So we, we do background checks now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, anything else you guys want to throw in here that might be valuable for people listening to the podcast that you've been dying to talk about before we jump off of here? So I have a question. Say, you oh. Go ahead, Jonathan, you first. Okay. Um, so what, one of the persons that I, that I interviewed, they sounded like they would be a good fit for like a administrative assistant in, instead of a lead intake. Would you consider like switching it up and, or, or is that not like, okay right so say you know what maybe you're not a good fit for lead intake but would you consider maybe an administrative position or something yeah man like you've you've put her through the paces already and you've kind of just determined that that could work and we just make the simple pivot we were hiring two people at the same time and did exactly that um i would see a profile in our office manager operations manager position that was a sales profile and i'd reach out to him and say Hey, it looks like you have a sales profile. Would you be interested in jumping over here? Say, so, yeah, absolutely. I would okay. do that. Cool. Yeah, you're just being smart with your hires, right? I mean, if you notice a need, and sometimes like even in a starting flipping business, you don't need a full-time lead intake person. You just might need a, you might need an administrative assistant and a lead intake. Well, you, that certainly can be one person for, mm -hmm. for a short period of time until you actually need a full-time lead manager. Does that make sense? Yes. And I think that's like the route that I kind of want to do, like a lead intake slash admin, admin person. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I mean, this one person, she sounded pretty good, but so she's, she was like from the Philippines. Um, so I don't know, how does that work, right? Like she applied to my wife's higher ad, but she's from the Philippines and she's been a VA. So technically she's more of like a VA type of person. Would yep. you hire that person as an employee or as a VA? I'd probably, because she's in a different country, I'd hire her as a VA, but if you only want her working for you, I would make sure that you figure out a way to say that, you know? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Anything else? Jansen, you were going to say something, I think. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, kind of the thing they, they always say in the group, right, is um, hire slow and fire fast. And, you know, a lot of times, especially uh, starting out, we do the opposite. I know I did. And, um, you know, we, we hire fast and, and we take kind of that uh, low hanging fruit oftentimes. And it sets us up for a lot of problems down the road. So, um, you know, it's something you really just got to be careful with. And uh, you really, you really need to start the hiring process before you're ready to hire. Um, you really need to start trying to find candidates. You really need to start, um, you know, working through all that, because if you wait till the pain gets bad uh, and you need to hurry up and hire, you know, you'll make poor decisions like I have, um, you know, as emotion goes up, intelligence goes down, right? So stress is an emotion, fear is an emotion. Um, and, and when you get to that place where, you know, uh, you're a business owner, you're stressed and you're juggling, you know, 15 different things and you've got to have an acquisitions person like, you know, this week or next week or whatever, um, you're setting yourself up to make a poor decision. And um, that's really going to, it's really going to cost you. So um, you've got to take your time on that stuff and, um, and, and not rush it because that, that'll hurt you pretty bad. Yeah, the short term, the short term pain is sure a lot easier than the long term pain, you know, by by hiring too fast. That's sage advice for sure. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for uh, being here. Really appreciate you giving up your time to invest in the podcasting community. I know everybody out there who's trying to hire or thinking about hiring or wondering if they should hire got a lot of valuable insights. So I can't thank you enough. Um, and uh and uh, James is recovering in the hospital. So um, I, I think things are going really well. And uh, just keep uh, praying for James and um, reaching out to Bill through the Facebook groups and other things as we go along. And he'll be back on the podcast soon. Well, everyone, thanks so much for listening to these three podcasts on hiring. I hope it's been very helpful for you. I want to give a big shout out to my good friend, Bill Allen, for letting me substitute in his podcast while he's been away, taking care of James and his family at this time. And uh, listen, if you don't have a ticket yet for Flip Hacking Live, what are you waiting for? This event changed my life. The reason I am sitting here talking to you today about the things I'm talking to you about was because of Flip Hacking Live. So why don't you come down to Orlando, sandwich a family vacation around it, and uh, learn more about real estate investing. And if you're already in real estate investing, why don't you dive deep with our community uh, because we're going to be bringing the goods. We're going to share everything that we know and uh, no holds barred. Like people get up there and they just give and give and give with an abundance mindset. So hope to see you there. Flip Hacking Live 2021, Orlando, Florida. Go over to fliphackinglive.com and get your ticket today.